When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, an iHeartRadio and Dan Patrick podcast network production. And I'm Joey Santos. And I'm Alan Nevins. This week we are talking to a friend of mine, but mostly a client who I really adore, Eva Marcel. You may know her, depending on how far back you want to go, she was the winner of America's Top Model easily 10 years ago and now she is one of the co-hosts on the ricky smiley morning show and she's got a new tv series coming and she was on housewives of atlanta and she is adorable and a lot of fun and you're going to love this upcoming interview yeah she's a blast she can really hold a conversation she's so energetic and animated and beautiful and very very talented and interesting so let's grab a drink and dive in Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't really make a cocktail because um, it's early in the morning for her. It's earlier in the morning for us. So I made a, a really nice smoothie. I thought that was everybody yeah, it's pretty enjoy. good. And if you feel like putting rum in it, go knock yourself out. Oh, I already did. <laughs> hmm. Let me put my surprise well, face it's, on. Well, it's past 8 a.m. It is. <laughs> it's 8 a.m. somewhere. <laughs> well, our theme today is the juggling act because we're going to talk about how Eva balances different careers, new cities, being a parent. She now has three kids. She's got three jobs, so she's juggling all of it. All right, so how is this week for you, Joey? Anything cool happening? I was busy. I had a couple clients um, were entertaining, and so um, I got busy with that. One was a dinner party for about eight people, which was a sit-down, more formal, and then I did a great party out in Malibu. It was a client, his wife's birthday. So it was 20 people sit down at their beautiful estate uh, overlooking the ocean. And um, we did a whole Mediterranean theme. So you know how everybody loves the charcuterie boards? Yeah. You know, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really made quite a splash. Everybody's doing them. You know, oh. And what's so great about Well, because then, I hope they I'm don't get... I'm not doing it. But you know what I'm saying. I'll do a cheese board. Yeah, they get, but you, 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 you can't. The great part about it is, if you, the bigger you go, the better it is. Right, and that's that. That's what I love about doing it. So of course, me and my bigger is better. So how, I did, did, a, how big was yours? A surfboard? Yeah, uh, practically. I did a huge board. Probably was about four by six. Wow. Feet. Yeah, and then and I did everything on. I mean every. You know, all the dips, the fresh-made hummus, tzatziki, taramasolata, all these great dips. I did all the flatbreads and pita, dolmai, which is the stuffed grape leaves, you know. Right, right. Um, olives and roasted peppers and all sorts of vegetables and cured meats and lamb chops. I mean, I did this great, huge board, and they flipped. And I had two guys, uh, two servers, carried out, almost like a Cleopatra <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it was that extravagant and with fresh figs and 
And uh, it just—it was just really elaborate, and it was gorgeous, and everybody it wowed everybody. And that was just the appetizer. So, yeah, it, that I was, sounds I like was the very, meal in itself. I don't yeah. know after that, how you eat, but yeah, well, you know, you do it two hours before, mm-hmm. you know, and that comes out, and people are noshing because I, I wanted to make it very, you know, they're out by the, they're out overlooking the ocean, they're by the pool, so it was that sort of thing. The cocktails were flowing, and you know, and then it wasn't that kind of appetizer where you have to. Uh, well, and it didn't bump right up against dinner. There was yeah, like so a you break. Can, right. Yeah. So you can socialize, walk around, and, you know, socialize, and you don't have to feel restricted with a plate or a fork or, right. you know, and then you can dip and, and take as much as you want. But, I mean, they they made a great dent in that in that charcuterie board, let me tell you. So I was proud of that, and it wowed my clients. So. Very nice. have, But the great thing is that I can do it with any theme. So if I did Asian theme, right, you can I can do it with dress sushi it up differently. and yeah, all, yeah. all sorts of stuff. So I'm on my countdown, of course, to the car. I can't wait. My new car should be here any moment. Uh, is it? Any moment. Well, wow, it's gonna. Now. It's exciting, yeah. and it's kind of cool because you got to, from inception, really, is kind of tell them exactly what you wanted. You picked your interior. You picked oh yeah, your no, color. I picked it all, and then now it's being built to order. Yeah, and. Um, but, you know, I haven't, listen, I'm not one that goes out and buys a car and changes it every year like a lot of people or every mm-hmm. three years. I've had this car like 12 me. years. And interestingly, if someone's going to get a great car, but um, I haven't quite decided. Because I love the car. I'm almost sort of sad to get rid of it. But I, I'm anxious to get into a newer car that has all the bells and whistles. Because my car was right before you could do the Bluetooth and all those things. So, uh, you know, and I really want to move to electric. I'm tired of the gas thing. The prices are outrageous. It's bad for the environment. And I'm excited about the the electric technology. So mm-hmm. I'm jumping in, even though I could probably drive this car five more years easily. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, the only thing about electric cars, and I know it's it's so responsible and it's where we all will be and we should be, I just would miss the vroom factor. Mine comes with three settings, so you can decide how vroomy it makes a noise. It does? Mm-hmm. It's like a pretend noise? Yeah. Has they all stink a, though? Yeah, of course. Like but, but by the way, in seven years or eight, whatever it is, eight years, you're not gonna have a choice because there's no gas cars in the state of California in eight years. I'll you'll be living somewhere else. You'll have to buy a I'll used be living one. In Italy. You'll have to buy it somewhere else and drive it in. <laughs> but by then, gas will be ten dollars a gallon. So isn't it now? <laughs> it is on uh, on Little Santa Monica and Crescent. I know. Drive. Isn't it amazing what they're ripping God, off that, the gas? That station is such an rip off it's crazy and then the other day I, when i go out to my flying lessons the uh gas on the corner there was like 75 cents cheaper than it was here do you put your pavilions uh, number in there and you get 20 percent to 20 no it's one of those it's an independent gallon. gas station we uh, know with the inexpensive yeah i also could go to what what's that called costco's gas Oh, and the but way this online. is cheaper than Costco. This is definitely cheaper than Costco. Mm-hmm. This one on the corner because by the time you drive all the way to Costco and wait online for an hour, right, and come back, uh, you I might would, as well pay the, extra pay the extra cents. seventy-five cents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I have to drive by there anyway to go to the airport. Oh, true, true for you. So, yeah, yeah. Actually, as a matter of fact, I think we have a question today, an audience question. Oh, we do. I think it's yeah, and it's regarding your. You flying. have it, and I don't. Why yeah. it's not on my paperwork? He, uh, one of our listeners is very interested in your flying lessons that you speak about, uh, and he is considering taking them himself, and he wants a little bit of advice, and he wants your input. Well, as you know, I am 
totally enjoying it. And you know, you have your on days and your off days. I did my solo before we went to Costa Rica. I did my, my solo around the airport, which was absolutely thrilling. But then when I came back from Costa Rica, we started with the cross country stuff. So now you fly to other places. So you're, you're, you're outside of that, you know, going around the airport 10,000 times and where you know everything. You know, you have to fly at 1,800 feet and you know when to set up to land and you know where the turns need to be, right? It's all very familiar. But now you suddenly, you know, you fly to Santa Barbara and it's all very unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, you know, you have to know the elevation you're supposed to be circling. Do you enter the, you know, from the right or the left to the, you know, which runway? You don't know where the mountains are. Suddenly you're like, oh, this is completely different because I've never been here before, right? Plus, on the way, you know, they switch you from, you know, one, they follow you if you've asked for VFR flight following so that they can they can monitor you and tell you when planes are nearby. So they pass you off from frequency to frequency as you do that. So the first day we did it, since I did not know we were going, I, I did not know where we were going, so I was unprepared. I didn't know what airport maps to have. I didn't know anything beforehand because I didn't know what we were flying to. So I was totally at the mercy of my instructor going, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Oh my God. But the other day we flew to Riverside and back. It was a different instructor because mine, Dallas, happy birthday, off having his birthday. And uh, we flew to Riverside and back and it all sort of clicked right? It all made sense. I knew where we were going. I had all my frequencies ready. You put everything on the radio ahead of time. And and I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going I'm to be able to do this. <laughs> and I rather enjoyed it. I thought, oh, this is now we're getting close to where I'm going to be able to start, you know, flying and yes, doing exciting. things. It was very exciting. So I, I would recommend it. It hasn't been easy. It's a lot of schooling. It's a lot of things with weather Thankfully. and cumulus clouds and, you know, and all of that. And I'm still, you know, you've got to learn, to really have to learn, you know, your north, south, east, and west in your directions. And you have to remember that the wind comes at you, but you take off towards the direction. It's all, you know, there's a lot of stuff to learn that I wasn't yeah, but, thinking I mean, about. It, and especially if you're ever intending on taking passengers with you. Yes, like you should know me, which way you're going. You better study. <laughs> but uh, so I've been studying, but you know, this little, it's, it's really been interesting. I'm now sorry, like the Italian, when my grandmother spoke Italian and I never learned Italian. Right. Now, you know, my, I flew with my father for easily, what, eight, ten years and never really took an interest. A little bit. I would look at the maps and things, but I never really got into it. And now, of course, I'm sorry because all of that would have just been yeah, you would have ingrained. And, yeah, it would, have, it would have been there and it would have all made sense. And now I feel like I'm starting from scratch and it's really stupid. And I should have done this 20 years ago. So if you're thinking about it and you love to fly, I would, I would encourage it. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of fun, and uh, it's challenging. There's a challenge there. It's like a real video game in a sense. You, but no place for you know you can't make mistakes or crash into the building and walk away. Yeah, there's. It's more challenging than that because there's no room for sort of that kind of error. No, none. Yeah, and and this listener, by the way, he says I'm 91 <laughs> years of age. <laughs> it's been a lifelong dream of mine. Yeah. And he uh, may have waited slightly <laughs> too long. Slightly. No, he's only 25. <laughs> he has time. You got plenty of time. Let me. I would do it if I were you. Yeah, do it. Anyway, when we come back, we'll have Eva Marcel. So, joining the conversation today, we have Eva Marcel. 
Do we say hey. Eva Marcel Sterling now, or did we just say Eva Marcel? It depends on is it a check or not. Because if, it, <laughs> if, it, if it's a bill, you can put Sterling on there. If it's a check, you could just, just put Eva Marcel. Marcel. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome. I love. That. I like that. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Yes. Good morning. You look nice good and fresh. Good morning. I, oh, thank uh, you. She's been doing radio for three hours already. She's awake. She's up and going. Yes, and I've been up since five fifteen. Reading out commercials. This news. Yes. <laughs> I did not sleep well last night at all, so I'm gonna be hitting the Red Bull myself for the coffee. <laughs> or oh. when this is over, I'm going to bed. Go back why, to bed. Why, yeah. why didn't we sleep? I, I, you know, because I'm a fool. And what I did was I had a couple of friends over last night out, out on my deck, so we sat up and we chatted, and I drank. Usually I'm a vodka guy. Okay. But last night I drank an old fashioned, which is oh, bourbon. Oh yes, but, it is. Yeah, and it, and if I stopped at one, it would have been good, but I had about three, and yeah. I just could not. I, and I went right to sleep for about half an hour, and then I woke up wide awake, and I was not able to go back to sleep. So, question: Does bourbon do to you what it does to me? Because it makes me very frisky. It does. I don't know, he's not pregnant. It does. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, neither am I. Not, uh, not with your child, I'm not, Alan. Uh, but, <laughs> but it does make me silly. It you know does. what I mean? It really silly. And yeah, it, I, I guess frisky would be a good term too. Yes, there's it really something does. About, there's the brown about that dark liquor. liquor. Yes. yes, indeed. And it makes yes. me silly. And I could go. And that's why I said I didn't stop at one because I was just starting to get in the groove. And then yeah. everybody was laughing and I was acting a fool. So I kept it going. But I may have to switch back to that. That has to be for special occasions, I think. You know, exactly. I, I love yeah. bourbon. I love whiskey. Um, uh -huh. I do my bourbon and whiskey. Like I was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago and yeah. all I drank was my whiskey. When I'm at home and I have to parent, I think that the clear alcohol it's helps bad. me it's with a clear mind. The dark yeah. alcohol allows me yeah. to have a dark night. So that's yeah, how yeah, I yeah. kind of <laughs> balance it out. Right. Exactly. Well, speaking of drinking, so every week, you know, we create a drink for our guests. Okay. And so Joey created something for you because, but because it's so damn early, okay, it's a drink you can add alcohol to or not. Yeah, I did just smoothie for you, and I called it a blueberry sunshine. Ooh, let me see. Oh, how cute is she? Yeah, and I did it with a fresh peach because Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay, so what's in this blueberry situation? Fresh blueberries, coconut milk. Okay. And a lot of ice and some honey. Why, thank you. I'm glad and you didn't I do almond milk. You could add very easily yeah. bourbon to Coconut that. milk I use, just to give it yes. that little Rum. extra flavor. But I use, I, I like oat milk too, and and also almond milk. But, uh, and then you can add, definitely you can add some rum to this. Oh yeah, rum's going, top shelf, Captain Morgan, let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's happening. Oh, the spiced rum would be perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. oh, there you go, okay. So Eva, today the theme for our show is the juggling act. Ooh. And that's Such because- you mm -hmm. yeah. juggle, yeah, but you juggle more than many. And you do it well. I think, yeah. You have, just so everybody knows, you have a radio show when you get up early. You have the mm -hmm. Ricky, Ricky Smiley, Smiley Morning, morning show. show. For th for four hours, no, three mm -hmm. hours each morning. Now it's four. Don't take that last hour off. I, I'm there. Oh, it's, it's four, four now. I can't uh -huh. keep track. Four. Yeah. Then obviously you do the podcast. Yes, the Undressing Room podcast presented by Macy's, hosted by me. 
There you go. Fun. <laughs> and, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. And I then it's it almost is. 11 a.m. And by then, you now have to pay attention to your children. <laughs> yes. Um, sometimes. It depends. Uh, if the kids are in school, you know, with the summer happening and with the pandemic, schools closing, it's really a roller coaster. You know, on Monday, everything will seem fine. By Monday afternoon, two kids had an outbreak. So they're home. I have a photo oh, yeah. shoot. I have to also do my show. I have coaching for my um, my television show or a movie that I'm working on. So it is absolutely a juggling act. Well, can we talk about the TV show that, that's coming this September from yes. Tyler Perry? Yes. Yeah, so tell I'm us about on that? a new show. It's called All the Queen's Men, and I am so excited about it. I play a kick-ass character. Her name is Marilyn DeVille, and she's basically the head of the mob. I have my own uh, mafia family, and I uh, work day and night without sleep taking over the city of Atlanta. The city of Atlanta is my world. It's my backyard. And uh, I like things to run smoothly. However, if they don't, I will quickly correct. So that's who okay. Marilyn is. And it is a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, she's a nut. And do you have an air date? <laughs> yes, we air September the 9th. Oh, fantastic. Oh, very well, nice. we'll be tuned in for sure. Please do. And don't oh, let yeah. your kids watch it because uh, they might call services on you. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's adults okay. only. Yes, yeah. it's a lot of naked We will be watching it for shooting. sure. Okay. Well, I'm in. Absolutely. Well, Marilyn DeVille owns a uh, nightclub. She owns quite a few businesses, but one of her most successful and known businesses is a club called Eden, where I have the most exquisite male review. And the men are delicious. They are on point, and uh, they bring Mama the money. Okay, that's worth a visit to Atlanta if that were really happening too. Exactly. <laughs> Even just for no. the set is good enough. No, it's so it is like, and the thing is, is that we got dancers that are actually dancers that have lived in the world for years, and so the authenticity. Oh yeah. my goodness! It is like you have to go back to your dressing room because this does not feel legal. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I went once to a, a club in Atlanta called Swingin' Richards. I knew you were going to say Swingin' Richards, <laughs> either that or Bulldogs. Yes, yeah, Swingin' Richards. I was down in North Carolina. We were doing a movie, and we okay. had the weekend off. And so a bunch of us drove down to Atlanta, and we hit Swingin' Richards. And, I, and now for me to blush, it takes a lot. And that but they, they're swinging in Atlanta. Yo, I'll, well, okay. tell me, wait a the, minute, the what were we lie. blushing about? What's tell me about swinging? swinging? Well, okay, break it down. Swinging. Yeah. And Richard is a long name for what's the nickname for Richard? Dick. Okay. Did I need to say uh, more? swinging Dick? It's it's uh -huh. Long John's, but yep. no silver. It's just Long John. Long John, and it was platinum. <laughs> <laughs> Magnum. Yeah. Magnum. Yeah, it was. Crazy, but they yes. were. Yes. Yeah, I mean it. it Swingin' Richards has been around for it's quite some there. time. It is. It is still here in Atlanta, and it is one of those Atlanta staples. You have to take your friends there if they're traveling in town, if they've never been, or if they haven't been in 15, 20 years. It's one of those places where it will never get old. It's like church. You must go. Right. You can't is it drink a stage there. Show. Yeah. Okay. No, it's 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 like I, I guess if you've gone to a titty bar. Well, this is that version, okay. but okay. they go completely naked, completely naked. All right. Yeah. So they're pole dancing. So if dancing, they have a scar of. or anything, you can see <laughs> it all. Pole. They're pole dancing. Yeah, all. And they yeah. have, uh, you can do, uh, what do they call that when you, a lap dance. 
Hold on, Joey. Oh, so it's why like don't you know what a lap dance like is? Hold on. It's been a while now. I've been married now. This was when I was my single days. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right, listen, Understood. we make a date. If we come to Atlanta, you got to go with us. Oh, I'm taking you. What do you okay. mean? Wait a minute. I'm so here at it's Chaparral. like the old, uh, you know, what the dancers that used to be so popular, those clubs, Chippendales. Chippendales. Uh, yeah, but more not choreographed, raw. shall I say? I see, I see. More raw, yeah, uh, more real, raw, real. So to speak. And, and really good-looking guys, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good time. Okay, so that's okay. kind of like what my club is like. But Eva's uh, gonna take us on her annual pass. <laughs> yeah, come on, we have to go. Yeah, we'll go. We'll I go. bet you will, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ask me twice. <laughs> I'll put I love that center it. table. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So tell us, so the show is, so it's kind of like that. So she owns these sort of bars and nightclubs and all this stuff. Yes. She owns the biggest club. Well, she actually came up um, as a young uh, protege of another club owner. And she has used her savvy uh, as a businesswoman, learning from yeah. her father, who was a gangster growing up, her grandmother, who was a business owner, and basically figured out her path and decided that this is the way she's going. And, you know, it's not just about the money. I think more so it's about the power and oh, yeah. the the success day-to-day, kind of starting from an idea to seeing it in its full fruition, where Marilyn really uh, gets her joy. And everything she does, everything she is, is because of her dad. So her entire lifeline is her father, Cadillac DeVille. So to see him and to see that dynamic, I think is absolutely cool. Yeah, and it's what's kind of cool is that um, having a woman be the mafioso. Yes. Because in that world... It's just, it's not that at all. It's always that wife that just kind of keeps Absolutely. it quiet, keeps the family together, and the husband does all the deeds, but they never really supposedly know. It's kind of nice to reverse that. Yes. Does she have a husband, the character? No, she's not married. Uh, she is a lot like a man where mm-hmm. who would be in her field where she uh, is busy. She doesn't have time or energy um, or trust enough. For a yeah. man. It's just, it's it's not the world that I live in. Not to mention, I sell fantasies and sex for a living. So for me to get one off, I mean, what are we talking about? That means it's 8 a.m. I mean, this is yeah. what I do for a living. So right. the idea of having someone and being codependent or needing someone, it is just not, not up her alley. Heart. And it, mm-hmm. I worked really hard to, uh, to keep the character... Um, very neutral in that regard. I felt like initially it was written to where she did have a love interest, but yeah. I felt like that was so easy. That it's was such a given, you know, and in, 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 in Tony Soprano, you wouldn't care about who his love interest was. He was married and had a side piece, but we never really dealt with that. We dealt with the fact that he was the head of this family. And so right. that's what I wanted this to be about me being the head of the family and the things that I go through. Uh, and what makes me different than a man, my compassion, my need to nurture, those things that men don't usually care to do. But, right. you know, it's one of those things that Marilyn didn't have growing up. So she, you know, feels bad for those that are without and the less fortunate. And though she might shoot somebody for saying mm-hmm. the wrong word, she'll mm-hmm. also shoot somebody for hurting a kitten. So yeah. she's like, she's one of those kind of women where you can't really her. ever place her because she's Let's not soft. Her heart is on the trigger. 
Always. <laughs> and there's no safety, honey. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm confused. Is this the Housewives of Atlanta? <laughs> listen. This is, the, this is um, the Housewives of Naples, Italy. Of, yeah. Listen, of Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. <laughs> Sheets at Bay. Right. Eva, I have to forewarn you that Joey is a housewife aficionado. Yes. And we've oh actually God. I had... was tardy because I was talking to Cynthia from Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, were you? Yes. Well, yeah, so no, we've had a show. couple of the New Jersey housewives on. Then I don't know if you saw that the husbands of the New Jersey housewives have a show that they took to Atlantic City that sold out. And so we had the what? guys on. Uh-huh. And I and while you're not on it, you're one of the few that escaped to become a real actress. <laughs> um, don't tell Nene that. <laughs> what I said was you're one of the ones one of the only ones that escaped to become a real actress. Mm -hmm. um, we would have Nini on. She, I didn't say everybody. I said one of the rare ones. But Joey, I'm sure, has questions for you. So d d are, you, are you friendly with Nini now these um, days? I haven't actually spoken to Nini in quite some time. Have you However, been to her club? No, I have not been to her club. I know she opened up an, uh, a fabulous establishment during uh -huh. the pandemic. Um, I kind of heard some rumblings about this place opening, and then I started seeing videos and hearing reviews. So I know that Lanethia's in Duluth is up and running, honey, mm -hmm. ran by Nene Leaks. Um, however, I have not been there yet, but I have seen pictures. It looks beautiful. Yeah, and, and it looks you fun. Know, it's one of those things where Housewives is a great time and a great opportunity, but it can be overwhelming. And, yeah. you know, with Nene going through her husband's cancer battle and, you know, we had this pandemic, I think it was a lot at one time. And uh, sometimes you just have to kind of take a step back. So yeah. I do applaud the fact that she took a step back. She took some time off of social media and just to take care of Nene. Mm -hmm. And I wish her well. No, that's not my uh, good Judy and we don't hang out, but I still wish her well from afar. And just because we're not great friends does not mean that I uh, don't have well wishes for her. So, you know, I just wish that her and her husband and her family have peace and she's happy and she continues to get to the bag. Yeah, I think I think that's all we can do as people anyway, because, you know, we 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 uh, we ebb and flow in relationships. You know, and some just stick and then some don't. And then, you know, like I've always said, we're we're here to teach each other and learn from each other. And once that lesson's learned, now we move on and teach somebody else. So it's all healthy. It's all good. You know, I think what we lose because it is so uh, about, you know, conflict a lot of the time, mm -hmm. you know, we lose if there's people behind that. And so much of it is really kind of a lot in the editing, a lot in the in, in what makes it watchable. You know? Absolutely. But I think that, you know, I think we do ourselves a disservice and I think we do the audience a disservice to assume that all we care about is the drama or all we care about is Correct. the conflicts. Because I think as the audience, you know, seeing uh, people come together, seeing a resolve. That's seeing, the power. That is so beautiful. Like every show you watch, the conflict is cool, but it's after the conflict is over and the way they're able to resolve, I think is really what we take from. So, you know, with Housewives, I think we do ourselves a disservice sometimes overplaying the bass. Mm -hmm. um, thinking that we just have to have conflict all the time when a nice, serene moment will actually do. As Joey knows, I've never watched a Housewives show until you and I became intertwined. And I thought, well, I've got to watch Housewives of Atlanta so I know what's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm your client and you're my manager, so you have to know what's it going on. It was such torture for me. <laughs> 
I love it. That is my guilty pleasure, and I'm going to wear it proudly. Proudly. You know, now, I got to say one thing, though. You know who is a hot mess? Who? Is some some Potomac. I mean, there's some on Atlanta, too, now. You don't have the necessarily rich franchises to find the drum. (laughs) But Potomac is, like, through the roof right now. I mean, yeah, that one. I, I, I mean, I'm a gape half the, half the episode. Listen, so do we think that she was a stripper or not? Well, I think to say that nobody has stripped or she never stripped, let's just say, of course she stripped. I'm not saying if it was maybe in her bathroom, could be in her closet. Listen, I stripped. love her. I love her. I love the new additions. I'm here for all that black girl magic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Me too. Yes. Ja, just keep weaving it. I'm good. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> exactly. Or lace fronting it. Or however, lace front. you know, depends on how much time you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just be, be sure and keep it keep it dry. You know what I said. Put your got to be glue on and tack that yeah. wig down. And not gorilla glue. Remember what happened no. to that girl? Oh, God. <laughs> she has she a, a hairline. Contract. Co- she has a hairline coming out. I know. Can you believe that? I do not trust her around any follicles at no. all. <laughs> at all. She does not have the best decision-making skills No, she at does all. not. But, I mean, she turned it into something. She's winning. She has multiple contracts. She has a Gorilla Grill endorsement. She has a hair care line. I'm like, ah. I mean, yeah, I know. There was a time for preparation and hard work. Now you just got to screw up, and you can get it, and you can get a contract. Well, maybe oh we should God. glue your hat on I'm gonna your head. Glue, I'm going to glue my hat on my head. <laughs> I don't advise that. No, me either. <laughs> no, let's not. No, I'd rather work hard. Else. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. No. It might not. I, think I might have some well. talent left I can rely on. You know how they always say there's an exception to the rule? You would be the exception. Yeah, I'd be the exception. Oh, no. Yeah, but I would get such it. pleasure <laughs> out of it. <laughs> you gluing your hat onto your head. I, I, could, I could glue your mouth shut, Alan. That's what I could do. I could put a little right on my bottom lip. Yeah. You have, you have Check that would much stop glue? coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh my I god! I love it. <laughs> Eva, tell I, we want to go back because there's something we want to discuss here. Actually, okay. You were born in California. Born and raised in South Central Los Angeles. But oh wow! Okay. In South so Central, you're, you're a California girl. I am born, yep, I'm from South Central California. I went to uh, elementary school uh, by where I lived, and then I went to middle school in the marina, and then I went to high school back where I lived, and then I left uh, California and went to college in Atlanta in 2002, which is where I ended up trying out for America's Next Top Model when I was on my college matriculation, um, and that moved me to New York. I lived in New York for years. I moved abroad to Japan. I lived there for a few years. I moved back to New York. I moved from New York back to LA. And now I am an ATLian, which mm-hmm. means I have a peach and I'm here in Atlanta, but I'm not on that show, but I am in Atlanta. Right, there right. you go. Well, you and Joey have another connection actually Ooh. from America's Top Model. Yeah, Janice Dickinson is my best friend for 20 oh, years. Oh God. Oh, God. For 20 years. Mm-hmm. Where, where are the drinks? Let me give you a drink, Joey. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Let me drink this drink for you. One. Let me I'm drink so some more sorry. of your drink for you. I know. Janice Dickinson told me I needed a nose job. She did? And you know, that's your best friend, so I'm sure you, you know that that is Well, listen, she, you know, the, she does not have an edit button. And, you know, like with, with all good friends, with all best friends, you've got to take that. you just got to take that 
good with the bad, with the in between, with all that stuff. You know, I know her heart, and that's what mm-hmm. I remind myself. Uh, all the time. Well, where did you she... meet her heart at? Was it in her or was it somewhere else? <laughs> it was. We were, I was eating an artichoke. Okay. And, uh... <laughs> it, oh, so you guys were heart to heart. Got it. Because I, I'm just wondering. I, I met Janice through Iman. Now, okay. Iman, Iman is a good friend of mine and has been I for, for, her. for years. And Iman was in town 20 years ago. She was doing a book signing and she okay. invited me to the party. Janice was at the party. So she introduced me to Janice, and Janice snubbed me. She was very like, like that, you know? And I, I was like, it. oh, well, excuse me for that. So then we started talking. She says, oh, you're, is that your girlfriend? You're probably straight, aren't you? And I said, well, actually, that's not my girlfriend, and I'm gay. And she was like, you are? I said, yeah. And she says, well, what are you doing later? I mean, this is how the flip <laughs> would that be. So she says, you want to go out? Let's go to the Abbey. So I said, okay. So we went to the Abbey. Yeah, you're we in have LA. Been, we have been friends ever since. <laughs> That's Janice. <laughs> that is her. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so so you ended you up in hey. Atlanta because you'd gone to school there. Yes, I went to undergraduate school. Uh, I sought out my degree in mass communication, so with an emphasis in speech. I'm not sure exactly what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to go off to become a Supreme Court justice. I was going to be Thurgood Marshall, so thought I was going to go off to law school. I uh, wanted to become a great judge someday, only to... Um, have gone off to CoverGirl and become mm-hmm. the face of a Procter & Gamble product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I like that one for you, though. Yes, I, it, it I works like out really you. well. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think judging was really in my wheelhouse, so that works out. <laughs> but you could play one. I play a hell of a judge. Yeah, okay. I could play a hell of a judge. What kind of judge do you want? Judge you Eva. want me to Judge Eva. You want judge me to be Eva. by the books or you want me to be a ruthless judge? Who am I? I want a ruthless judge. Uh, I got it. Tune she can do to that too easily. Men. You'll see one on yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Did you? By the way, getting back to that, did you have a, a particular person for inspiration, or was it just, uh, you know, the feeling of all of it together? Um, you know what? That's so funny you ask. My person for inspiration uh, was a cross between two people. Who? The reason why it's funny is because this person was the other person's acting coach. So oh. my character was inspired, or at least I drew from um, Diane Carroll in Great. Dynasty, the fabulous, just effortlessness, Miss Dominique Devereaux, honey, and then. Um, her protege, who is a superb actress, Lynn Whitfield, who has this ability to kind of flip on this uh, movie called Thin Line Between Love and Hate. She played with sure. Martin Lawrence, yeah, where she just had this flipping capability, but this strength, but then this vulnerability. So when I got the role, I called Lynn Whitfield, who is like my godmother. She's the sweetest ever. I hit her up and I say, hey, Auntie Lynn, I have a project I really need your help on. And so she says, let me know what it is. I got you. So I called her and she coached me on the project. And she was coached also by... um, by Dominique Devereaux, Miss okay. Diane Carroll. So to see how easily I put them two together, it made sense once it happens because yeah. it was like, no wonder I pulled from the same person that is your coach. But she gave me a lot of pearls of wisdom that I used every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, working on a show like this, we were in a bubble. 
The crew was down a lot of people. I still worked my other job, so I still did my morning radio show. Um, and it was one of those things where time was really of the essence. So I kept her words and her guidance at the forefront because right. I didn't really have time to find this character. Like I had to be in her skin and defined by the time I hit set, which is like mm -hmm. now. And she gave me everything I needed. So I, I, my hat goes off to Lynn Whitfield who prepared me for this role. Yeah, and she's a wonderful actress too, so. Amazing. We'll be back in just a minute. So we were asking about where you came from because we wanted to know, what do you see the big difference between the culture you grew up in California and now in Atlanta? Uh, the culture I grew up in California with uh, versus to what exists in Atlanta. So where I'm from in Los Angeles is a very prideful part of town. We call it the hood, but it's also known as the place where more minorities live. Um, and where I'm from, it was a black and brown community. We all owned our homes. Um, my parent has, my mom has owned her home since she was in her early 30s. So I grew up in the same house my whole life, but it was very much so uh, deep rooted with culture. It was one of those things, if it was Cinco de Mayo, baby, you sat down and you celebrated. Right. If it was Juneteenth or um, one of the holidays that represented an amazing African-American, we did the same thing. So it was one of those where the sense of community togetherness uh, was real. You know, if a fire hydrant was busted on the corner, it was the whole neighborhood's problem. If the uh, gate at the school was broken because someone ran into it. It was the whole neighborhood's problem. So the difference that I see in Atlanta now is I think it's just the timing is different. We have social media. We have this idea of what we're supposed to be. In Atlanta's attempt to be like the new Hollywood, um, there's a lot of showboating in Atlanta. Atlanta mm -hmm. is the kind of place where there's like a red carpet with no red carpet and no premiere and no event, but everyone's outside and flashy. Uh, so <laughs> that thoroughly exists in this city. It is a very uh, over-glamorized uh, situation. But what I do like about Atlanta is the wealth of minorities that are uh, extremely successful, be it... Um, Black, brown, if it's your Indian community, be it gay, lesbian, straight, transgendered community, you know, the strides that are being made and the notice that is being made and the attention that is being put on the topics that really matter, um, I love. And I don't think that, you know, this happens in any city USA. This is a very Atlanta thing. When they started to riot in Atlanta, the entertainers were like, well, hold on. Don't mess up our businesses. We live here. We work here. We employ you guys. So it's one of those things where people take a lot of ownership, at least today, about this city, especially those that are from this city. Yeah, I agree. That that's terrific. Yeah, yeah it's a great it's a great city. I mean, it really is. I I, I like it a lot. So, and we could learn I from it Atlanta. if we can. If we had yeah, if we had more cities that that came together like that and took the pride and then distributed it evenly as it as exactly. they do, we could learn and grow so much more. And I love the whole, you know, bipartisan situation. Our governor is a super duper conservative Republican. Mm -hmm. Our mayor is a bleeding heart liberal. 
You know what I'm saying? You have these yeah. blue uh, cities and these and counties in this large red state. And so I think, you know, this is really an opportunity for you to get an idea and a perspective of all. It's not like California where we are mostly liberal, except for those crazy rural towns. But yeah. here in Georgia, you never know. You can go from one block to the next. It goes from liberal to conservative and to somewhere in the middle. So um, I, I love that about the city because it allows us to think in a true idea of America, not just a one-tracked idea of what one socioeconomic status can actually relate to. But we hold all the politics down the center. And we owe Georgia a lot for this this election. You're welcome. Thank <laughs> you. With everything I got, thank you. Because I was sweat I was sweating. It, and it was one of those things where voter suppression is actually real. You know, the police are out more. They're pulling cars over. Uh, jobs are not trying to give you your time off. But Georgia made it very important. They understood uh, the assignments and they understood their responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was one of those where it wasn't about the other states. It's about what you can do. And Georgia knew that it was time, high time to pull up and to really do their job. I think it, I know that it was the record amount of people registered to vote, um, which is why if you look right now, all these laws are being passed for voter suppression to help us and disallow us to vote because we came out in record numbers. I know right. it scared a lot of people. A lot of people, but it's, well, it's okay. Why they redistrict and everything. It's all about voting. It is. It's not really about the people and whether they can vote or can't vote. It's about whether we can win or not win. Exactly. And which way are they leaning? Because, yeah. you know, I'm their friend or their enemy, depending upon what uh, box I check, despite anything else. Right. When at right. the end of the day, we're not. We're neighbors. We are citizens of the same community. And so to figure out how to uh, marry these differences and find our happy medium really should be the focus, not try to figure out how to dissuade or persuade someone to lean towards your side. And now we have another playing field. I mean, how are I mean, are, are we taking responsibility for our community as far as um, vaccinations and things like that to encourage them to get vaccinated and to, to give them some faith in in getting it? You know, I think the faith in getting it was thrown away when Donald Trump was our uh, uh, agent in orange. You know, mm -hmm. it's one of those that we have to be honest with ourselves and think about the plight of the black man, the plight of the Mexican man and the, their truth in this country. And as a black person, when it comes to vaccinations, we have clinically and statistically always been the one that has been used as the guinea pig. So why don't we see record numbers of black people running to go get this vaccination? because Fear. there's this thing called the Tuskegee experiment. There are historical things that have happened to our people. I mean, during uh, Vietnam War, there's so many things that happened where specifically towards us that was in the form of an injectable uh, vaccine where a lot of people are not super excited to go get vaccinated. Now, if I was not a mother of three and a wife, then I would not might not be act vaccinated myself. Because I'm a mom, because I'm a wife, because of the responsibilities that I have in life, I weighed my options differently. Mm -hmm. The way I looked at it was, when it comes to being vaccinated, this is my opportunity to do my part. Now, I am a woman of faith, so I believe that God has ordered my steps, and if this is how he wants me to go out, then so shall it be. But if this is my best effort to protect myself, my community, and my fellow man, my children, my husband, then I'm gonna do my part. 
And so that's why I got vaccinated. It's like the whooping cough. When you're pregnant, they ask you to take this shot for a whooping cough. And you're like, what the hell is that? Right. And it's a cough that your child could get and die. Now, sure. the likelihood of them getting it is very low, but they can get it. So to me, I just weighed my options. And my ability to protect my child that might not get it or might weighed higher than me saying, no, don't get it at all because I don't know what this thing is. So it's just a matter of, do you want to help mankind or are you selfish? The old right. me Well, do selfish. you think statistics will change now? Because I was looking at the numbers last night on the news and you know the black community is really only something like 30%. But now that the white community has sort of <laughs> tested it and been the guinea pigs this time, do you think the black community will follow saying, look, they're, they're living? And especially now, I don't know if you're aware, but in LA, we have to wear the masks again. Yes, you guys just started the mask mandate again. Yeah, yeah. and it's because of the people who did not get vaccinated. Well, hey, if you've been listening to news reports, you heard of this thing called herd immunity, which meant if most people get vaccinated, the unvaccinated are safe. So I think black folks are sitting out waiting for all y'all to get vaccinated. And then, <laughs> and then well, well I get that, yeah. But, but we can't seem to get to the herd immunity is the problem, yeah. which is why people are getting sick again. I was never that trusting a person to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I think we I'm were not all, gonna start. Think, this is not the time for me to start now. You know what I mean? I don't trust it. Hello. You can have right. to prove it. Well, I think shit. everybody had trust issues because it was developed so quickly. And when one when one does that, one is like, is this okay? They haven't really tested yeah. it that long. So yeah. I think uh, you know, everybody was concerned. But it, it was good. A few people, brave people, jumped in there and did the shots early and showed that it was effective and showed that it was safe and you know. My hat off to them because I wouldn't want to be the first person to get the vaccine. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler Perry was one of the first ones, my boss. And shout out to him because he vaccinated hundreds of people. He did a big Pfizer um, vaccination um, situation for all of the cast and crew That's from great. his production, our family members, all of that. So my husband and I got vaccinated because, I mean... The luxury of being able to work remote is great and actually still having a job and having an income. But I would like to get back into the studio with my yeah, co-host and the host yeah. of our uh, morning show and be able to get into close quarters. So getting vaccinated just gives me that layered level of protection. Is there anything you would like to bring up that we haven't hit on? Well, you have to make sure you tune into my podcast, the Undressing Room podcast. Yeah, I can, I'm looking forward to that. We deal with all, I just looked up the other day and we did our 25th episode. We are a brand new podcast. We're like a baby, okay? We still have on our uh, training shoes with Velcro. We're brand new, but we're actually making some speed. And um, Essence.com, we were named the top, uh, out of the top 10 podcasts to listen to. We're in number three. Wow, so great. we are making strides there. And, um, you know, it's an opportunity for us to literally get undressed and talk about how we feel. Good, bad, and indifferent. And I like to say there's no right, there's no wrong. This is just how I feel. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an opportunity to really dive deep into some of these topics and headlines that you're seeing kind of scroll across. Be it like the, um, the anti-sex bed at the Olympics. Like, what oh, the Lord. heck is that? The cardboard sex beds and all that kind of stuff. Just kind of getting our ideas and our opinion and getting an opportunity to have fun as a middle-aged woman. So uh, you have to check out the Undressing Room podcast. Don't forget to make sure you tune in to the drop of All the Queen's Men on September 9th on BET+.
And I'm on a syndicated radio, so it doesn't matter where you live. You can always check out the rickysmileymorningshow.com. We have an app, and you can listen all the time. Ricky is absolutely hysterical. Hilarious, like, yeah. Yeah, because hilarious. on the West Coast, we don't have a radio station carrying it, but I have my app, and I can hear you in the morning. And you don't have anybody on the radio that's as funny as us in the morning, so <laughs> you true. need us. That's our coffee, babe. Exactly. We got you. Unfiltered. <laughs> Tell us, Eva, where can listeners find you on social media? You can find me on all social media at Eva Marcel, except for um, Facebook. You can find me at Eva Marcel Official. And you can DM me. I do a thing called Eva's Corner on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show twice a week, Monday and Wednesday. I love taking relationship topics. This is an opportunity for all things womanhood, motherhood, and then that juicy stuff that like is in between that. We talk about <laughs> all of that. So uh, you can check me out on my social media, email me, DM me your questions, and stay tuned to all things fabulous, even Marcel, and then Sterling if it's a bill. Well, baby, we <laughs> cannot thank you enough for doing this. Oh, please, Alan. We're so appreciative. Thank you, Eva. Thank you, Joey. We have a date at Swingin' Richards. I can't wait. We have a date at Swingin' Richards. I'll bring the transportation. You bring the alcoholic smoothies. You got it. Alan, you bring the good looks, okay? Done, done, done. Everybody have their assignments? We got it. We got it. (laughs) Thank you for this. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as we promised, she was full of energy. She's funny. She's very quick on her feet. She is. In this case, on her ass, because she was sitting down. She was sitting down. But she's very quick, and, uh, you know, one can see why she's successful. Yeah. Why I signed her. Well, you know, it takes more than just a pretty face. And, you know, when you have it, that's, you know, we fall in love with our eyes, but we also fall in love with our ears. And she kept everything you wanted to hear, everything you wanted to listen to. I loved her interview and I think I think she's I think she's fabulous. Yeah, no, she's terrific and I think she's got a big career ahead of her. And she's just growing and growing and growing. Um, but I'm very proud of her. So, we'll thank her again even though she's not here. Yes. But uh, as always, we want to thank you for tuning in each week. So, please share if you love it, please share. It is the best thing you could do for us spreads the word and that's really what we need and if you're interested in sending in a question like someone did today uh, feel free you can send it to contact at two guys from hollywood.com and we'll talk at you soon two guys from hollywood is hosted created and produced by alan nubbins and joey santos produced by lauren boom edited by marissa ewing music by luca Executive produced by Dan Patrick. It is also executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Panella for Workhouse Media. This podcast is a production of Renaissance Literary and Talent and Dan Patrick Productions in association with Workhouse Media. Two Guys from Hollywood is a production of iHeartRadio and the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.